call it coal. This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 movement, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. My name is Holly Powell, and I'm a layperson and a member of Christ Church Cathedral in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Brendan O'Sullivan Hale, and I am also a layperson, and I'm a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints in Indianapolis, Indiana. Holly, I noticed you said a different word I in the did. intro. did. As you know, Brendan, but the rest of our listeners may not, this podcast is uh, brought to you by the Acts 8 movement, which was formerly known as the Acts 8 moment. And the steering committee of the Acts 8 moment, after General Convention 2015, decided that we had been a moment for three years and maybe it was time to be a movement. If you're looking for us, you can still find us at Acts 8 Movement instead of Moment. And I think even if you have a bookmark to Moment, it should redirect. That's that's what's happening there. I guess it's time. But on the other hand, you know, is three years really more than a moment in God's sight? I mean, it's a valid point. It is a really valid point. This podcast is about the intersection of liturgy and life, as seen through the collects of the Book of Common Prayer. Now, collect is kind of a funny-sounding word, but it's just another word for prayer, and it's spelled like collect, as in, you might collect, memorabilia from the film Nine to Five, starring Dolly Parton, Jane Fonda, and Lily Tomlin, including the original movie poster. A coffee mug featuring a facsimile of Dolly's signature, ideal for pouring yourself a cup of ambition, and a reproduction gold record of the movie's theme song featuring Dolly's grinning visage, and I do love me some Dolly Parton, but this is literally the tackiest thing you can buy for 70 pounds on Amazon.co.uk. I love Dolly Parton. I love her so much. I love her so much. You know, back in the day when my celebrity girlfriend Brandy Carlisle came out with <laughs> her most recent album Dolly Parton posted a picture on her Facebook page of the album and put something like I just got my advanced copy of Brandy Carlisle's new album it's amazing and I almost legitimately fell out of my chair like <laughs> it was the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me sorry that's... Chelsea <laughs> This week, we are doing the Collect for Labor Day, which will be coming up after this show is edited, hopefully. <laughs> and I guess I, I think it's interesting that despite the fact that Labor Day is not a religious holiday, uh, the Episcopal Church has decided to observe it. Yeah, I thought that was a little interesting as well. Uh, but I'll, I, well, spoiler alert, I like the Collect. So it's a good Collect. I guess uh, maybe I should read it now? Go for it. All right, page 261 in the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, you have so linked our lives one with another that all we do affects, for good or ill, all other lives. So guide us in the work we do that we may do it not for self alone, but for the common good. And as we seek a proper return for our own labor, make us mindful of the rightful aspirations of other workers and arouse our concern for those who are out of work. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. It's so what a are long you do- one. It is, it is long, and it has a higher than average number of commas. Maybe um, someone's labor is comma placement. Three, 
six, that's a semicolon, seven, another semicolon, eight, eight commas and two semicolons and one colon. Do two semicolons make a colon? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's clause heavy, is what we're saying. There's a lot to say about work, and uh, this prayer is aiming for comprehensiveness, uh, if nothing else. It, It has that kind of adorable sense that like oh we're trying to make sure it's very inclusive that's the word i'm looking for and so i was trying to think like where could you be maybe offended by this collect the only thing i can figure is if you choose not to work this prayer does not address you if you don't like paying people a fair wage you also might not like this collect unless you don't consider a fair wage a proper return well, I suppose there's that. Anyway, yeah, it is. It is kind of. It's a, it's very inclusive. It's very social justice heavy. Right. While uh, some may not really care for this collect uh, as a result of that, uh, there is uh, at least an implicit biblical link here to the idea that the laborer deserves to be paid, as Jesus says in Matthew and uh, as Paul uh, quotes in the first letter of Timothy, or excuse me, first letter to Timothy. This notion that that labor should be linked with fair compensation um, does have uh, biblical import. Now we can talk about what fair compensation means, uh, but it does uh, suggest that, you know, slavery or unpaid internships, um, there might be a problem (laughs) with some of that. Wage theft, uh, you probably shouldn't be doing, doing that either. Oh, probably not, probably not. What do you think about this first clause where it says that God has so linked our lives with one another that everything we do affects all other lives? I think empirically that may be stating things a bit more than is merited. Mm-hmm. Uh, but while, while we've actually been talking about what fair compensation looks like, um, the other thing uh, that I think this prayer has going for it in a big way is this emphasis on uh, the existence and importance of a common good. Yeah. Uh, that even though I'm not sure it is precisely true that all of my actions affect all other people, that, that's a bit of a stretch. Uh, my actions do affect you know, people beyond me and often in ways that I don't know. Uh, and particularly since I'm in investment management for a living, you know, some of what I do affects people moving money to various places. Uh, and that has all kinds of impacts that I can't know anything about. That's right. Yeah. You, you brought up your, your own job. And it leads me to a question um, that we've sort of talked about a little bit here and there on this podcast, which is our angle in the podcast world is that we are both lay people. I wonder, you know, have you ever struggled with how to feel like you're doing work for the common good when your work is not spiritually related? It's something that I've struggled with. I'm particularly, again, working in um, in the wealth management business. Uh, there, there's, you know, an obvious tension between uh, between my job and, you know, this little phrase in the Bible that you cannot serve both God and wealth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that I have to think about a lot. And there are, there are a couple of different ways that uh, I do find 
some meaning uh, spiritually in my work. Not necessarily all the time, but but some of the time. Uh, which is that uh, a number of our clients are nonprofit organizations doing uh, real good in the world. So the work that I am doing, if I do it successfully, helps them to achieve their goals. But even more than that is that I'm often talking um, with families who. Uh, you know, have been very successful uh, in life, you know, have built businesses and things like that, and are trying to think about using the resources that they have earned to create meaning. And sometimes these conversations can become surprisingly intimate, and being trusted to take part in those conversations is, is a real gift. What about you? Yeah, I've, I've struggled with it quite a bit over the course of my life since I've uh, become more active in the church and of course uh, for five years I actually worked as the finance director for the diocese here in Lexington and that was a way that I I was able to kind of feel like you know I'm crunching numbers but I'm doing it for the church and therefore serving God in that way when I changed jobs Oh gosh, almost two and a half years ago now. I struggled with that a little bit, that loss. And, and that's around the time that I got very involved with, with Axe movement. I just can't <laughs> catch myself there. And of course, I, I do work for a nonprofit, so I can draw clear lines to Jesus's message in our work to eradicate poverty, to help people to uh, improve the environmental aspects of the mountains in eastern Kentucky, things like that. And, and then I can also kind of say, well, if I weren't gainfully employed, I couldn't do the things that I am doing for the church. I couldn't give as much in stewardship. I couldn't be a part of, of Acts 8 and, and the other things that I'm a part of because I wouldn't have the time. Yeah, I don't know. It's still kind of like a little bit of a sore spot yeah. for me, I think. Yeah. I, I'm aware, I'll speak for myself here, and, and you can agree or disagree with me, but at least the way I, I, I was just expressing myself on this, I, I think also is tied up a bit with social class, I suppose, for lack of a better term. I, I keep going back in my mind uh, to this article that um, Jesse Zink wrote about a year ago now, if I remember right, in, in which he was asking, is your church actually welcoming to somebody who, say, is a Starbucks barista or is working stocking shelves at Walmart or whatever. One of these jobs mm -hmm. where the job is just a job. The Episcopal Church has this sort of middle-class affliction that talks about, you know, what am I doing for the world, which is a worthwhile question to be asking, mm -hmm. but also um, that we need to be thinking about, Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Uh, and how can the church be a place of rest for people whose uh, who, whose jobs give them fewer options and potentially less less opportunity for meaning? Would you post a link to that article in the show I notes? I will. It's a it's a great would, book or a great article. I, I've gone back and read it several times. Yeah, I, I do think that's that's very true. I know I've made a conscious, and, and I'm definitely not trying to equate myself with, with someone who works. A minimum wage job. I recognize my privilege in here in all of this statement, but as a single mom, I really can't take on any additional responsibilities 
in the church beyond what I'm already mm-hmm. doing. I want to protect the time that I have with my daughter and um, and she's involved in soccer and Girl Scouts and yada, yada, yada. And you know right. how that goes. And I feel guilty. Like, like I feel there's so many asks in a, in a regular bulletin or a newsletter. And I recognize that not everybody is kind of as people-pleasing, like, oh, the teacher asked me to do something, I'm right. going to do it, <laughs> as I am. But, but I wonder, like, like, if I'm feeling this kind of awful sense of, of guilt because I can't come in on a Wednesday and help clean out the, you know, the food pantry or whatever, is that a turnoff for people who really, really can't, right, you know? Right. Probably not. I'm probably just... just overanalyzing things little bit of hatchet here let's take this down to the hatchet level this college is new to the 79 prayer book and i think if you even if you didn't know that you could have figured it out by its its uh, wording probably and it was written by the reverend dr charles m gilbert whom i'm pretty sure we've talked about on this show i believe we've talked about a couple different collects that he wrote he's a former custodian of the standard bcb a former secretary of the House of Deputies. If you Google him, he you can tell that he is kind of an Episcopal all-star. And Hatchet just calls out the main point, you know. This collect is, is designed to recognize the right of the worker to a proper wage and also setting our work within the context of the common good. Right, right. Anne Rand would hate this prayer. Yeah, it is It is uh, lean in a little red. <laughs> <laughs> and by red, I mean communist, not Republican. <laughs> yeah, actually here in Lexington, there's a lot of stuff going on right now with the, the Raise the Wage campaign. There's a hearing, I think, I don't know. Anyway, there's a hearing coming up to talk about raising the minimum wage for city workers. And I think maybe I should forward this around to my uh, local clergy friends. They would maybe, or they'll probably see it on Labor Day. If they have a service. Yeah. Do churches, your church always has services. Do you have one for this? I don't think we do. I don't think it's a red letter day. Yeah, I don't think it is either. Yeah, it's not, so we don't. But the, All right. it's there if you want to use it. So what are you doing for Labor Day? Uh, probably taking a nap. That sounds good. <laughs> what about you? Uh, yeah. We're going up to see our adorable nephews in upstate New York. Aww. Yeah. That's a quick, that's a quick uh, turnaround. It is. It is. So we'll... Um, I'm taking a half day off on Friday, so at least we can get there at a decent hour on uh, on oh, Friday cool. night. Awesome. Well, if you enjoy this podcast and you want some other podcasts to accompany you on your Labor Day driving or walking about or napping, you might want to check out the other shows in the Via Media Collective, a network of podcasts with an Anglican sensibility. Find out more on Twitter at VM Collective. Uh, or at viamediacollective.org. Does that mean it's time for the Twitter challenge? It is. Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Not only should we not forget that our common life depends upon each other's toil, we should also treat people like we believe it. Hashtag Labor Day. Serious tweet. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Mine is not serious, as I know that's surprising. Here we go. (laughs) Hashtag Labor Day. When the church tells you to go ask your boss for a raise, next month they'll ask for it back in your pledge. (laughs) 
That's great. And I'm sure we'll be talking lots about stewardship when that time comes. Yeah, yeah. Because you, I know if there's one thing that Brendan and I can agree on, it is loving stewardship. That's right. We have a couple of shout outs before we wrap up the show. We do. The first one is to friend of the show, Father Chris Arnold, or Christopher Arnold, who has started his own podcast, is dealing with the Daily Office. He has recorded i think maybe five or six episodes as of now uh, i think that's right i've only listened uh, up to episode number three so far he's really taking a pretty comprehensive look at the daily office which is the church's rhythm of daily prayer uh, and so he's doing a really deep dive uh, going through it pretty methodically so start at the beginning and uh, and build up even if you're already very familiar with the daily office uh, he's digging up some things that, that I didn't know and I thought I knew stuff <laughs> yeah if Brendan doesn't know it he does know <laughs> stuff so and, and another delightful news daily office user's guide is acronymed as Doug yeah. so you could just be like oh, I'm listening to Doug <laughs> and that's cool but you can find the podcast online at dailyofficeusersguide.com, and we will put a link to it in our show notes. And from that page, uh, you can find all the different places where you can subscribe. Yep. I also have to give a shout out to somebody who made my morning today. <laughs> Mine too. Got, I'm not going to lie. Regina Heater, who uh, has uh, tweeted at us on and off for, um, for a long time now. I think she's one of the early listeners of our show. She listened to our uh, show on the collect of the Holy Angels. And this morning sent us... Uh, um, how would you describe it, Holly? Hmm. A YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> I think the I think the caption said it was from 1984. I think that's right. And it's Amy Grant singing about angels watching over her. Um, but I I I I don't even know. I yeah. Listeners, you really must see this video. Uh, we will post a link to it in the show notes. Uh, this is your homework, by the way. If you re remember right, for the Holy Angels episode, we were kind of confused about angels and decided that we were going to come back to uh, a discussion of angels in our St. Michael and All Angels episode. And I believe that this YouTube video and its theology are going to be central to that discussion. So really, you don't, you're not gonna know what we're talking about on the St. Michael show unless you watch this Amy Grant video. It's, it's really true. And also, if you can think of a better 80s song that was not used for the theme music of a sitcom, I'd like to know about it. <laughs> because like I was listening to this, this video and, and kind of thinking, how was this not a sitcom <laughs> theme song? <laughs> it's so like... There's a path you take and a path not taken. The choice is up to you, my friend. I don't know. Anyway, that's it. It's a theme song, is what I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, if you would like to tweet videos to us, we would encourage that. And you can do that uh, at The Collect Call, uh, or send us an email at thecollectcall at acts8moment.org, uh, or find our collection of 9 to 5 memorabilia at pinterest.com slash thecollectcall. Wait, is it Acts 8 Moment or Acts 8 Movement? Oh, God. It's acts. It, they probably both work, but it's it should be. Yeah, they both work. Yeah, let's but, just call it that. Well, yeah, but but you should really start using the proper email address now. Yes, and you can find uh, find us on Facebook and Twitter at Axate Movement, or you can find our our, our Twitter handle is still Axate Moment. Oh God. <laughs> Don't you people know we do a daily podcast here? <laughs> or a weekly, weekly podcast, podcast, however much, however often. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just saying Google Axate and you'll find us. Right. That's all I got. <laughs> Our music is Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence by Aaron DeVries, distributed under a Creative Commons license. Find more of Aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com. And join us next week where we will be talking about the collect for Holy Cross Day. Let all mortal flesh keep silence And with fear and trembling stand Ponder nothing earthly minded For with blessing in his hand Christ our God to earth Descended our full homage to.